it is almost a dead certainty that a percentage of your clients are losing money. A percentage of your products are losing money. You are taping dollar bills to some of the shipments that go out every day. Welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast with business strategist, speaker, and author, Gavin Preston. Tap into this meeting of minds between everyday business people on their journey to master business growth. Join them as they share strategies, insights, and shortcuts to help you survive and thrive in business and life as you scale your business and achieve a bigger impact. Hey, Gavin here. I want to get to know you. You're part of my community now. If you are serious about significant growth over the next two to three years, whether organically or through acquisition, let's jump on a call. Let me understand you and your business that much more so that I can come up with some suggestions that you can get on with implementing right now. Go to bit.ly forward slash call with Gavin. That's bit.ly forward slash call with Gavin. Hey, Gavin here. So good for you to join us. Good to have you back here with me on the Business Mastermind podcast. For some of you, you'll have come across the work of today's guest, Perry Marshall. He wrote 80-20 Sales and Marketing, a book on Google Ads, the one ultimate book on Facebook advertising, for example, Google AdWords. Um, today, though, we're, show, we're talking about his new book, Detox, Declutter, Dominate, How to Excel by Elimination. Detox, Declutter, Dominate, How to Excel by Elimination. We apply the 80-20 word rule to your work and to your business and, and productivity. Actually, we, we explore the 2120 rule, which I don't know whether you've heard of, I hadn't heard before, so the 2120 rule. So simple, straightforward, practical steps that will enable you to really have a strong start to 21 in terms of your productivity and the things that you are spending your time on in your business. Hi, and welcome back to the Business Mastermind Podcast. Gavin here. It's a real privilege today. I was just saying to Perry, Perry Marshall is uh, is my uh, great privilege to have as a guest today. Uh, every now and again, I get a request from a podcast booking agency. Would you mind if a certain uh, person can come onto the podcast? And uh, it was it was like a millisecond worth of uh, processing around that because I follow Perry's work uh, for a number of years. In actual fact, um, one of his more recent, not most recent, book one of his more recent books the 80 20 sales and marketing guide definitive guide to working less and making more i reached out and grabbed from my bookshelf um you know at the time of uh, uh, about to start this recording so i follow perry's work for some time and his books he's actually the author of eight books in total including 80 20 sales and marketing and um we're going to talk about his brand new book in a moment so perry welcome to the business mastermind podcast it's great to be here and talk to to a guy in wales so um, I'm in Chicago, and uh, probably the weather's a little different over here. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, your new book, Detox, Declutter, Dominate: How to Excel by Elimination. Wow, at a time when we're all being bombarded by things, if there's a skill, an approach to life that you can master, then surely that's a game changer. Uh, yes. Yeah. So, the story behind this book is about four years ago. It was a cold winter day. It was snowing outside. It was February. And um, I was talking on the phone and I looked through my French doors, which have glass. 
And on the other side of the doors, suddenly the president of my company appeared in my library in my house. And I thought, what's he doing here? He lives in Nebraska. Why is El Presidente showing up unannounced at my house? Uh, this probably isn't good. So <laughs> I get off the phone. I'm like, Brian, Harry, what are you doing here? Well, we need to talk, Perry. And uh, he proceeds to explain to me that our expenses have, have consistently been exceeding our income. Uh, we're bloated. We have too many employees. We have too many products. We have too much this. We have too much that. And we need to cut. Well, so we spent literally the next eight hours. I think this was about 2.30 in the afternoon. We argued about this until 10.30 or 11 at night. We went to a couple restaurants and bars. We sat in the living room. We sat in the car, talk, 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 talk. And by the end of eight hours of arguing, I had convinced him that, no, Brian, you just don't understand. I am so smart. These ideas, these projects we're working on are so brilliant. And, and it's so amazing, you know, you're, you're just feeling to recognize the genius here. <laughs> and, um, and so I made a few concessions. Um, but basically, I just plowed over him. And, um, and, and three months later, it was abundantly obvious that he was right. And I was wrong. And, and I, I, I know that some people would be like, um, well, see, people, people put other people in categories like, well, um, I don't know, Perry's a best-selling author and he's got all this platform and everything. Listen, it doesn't matter if, if you have too many employees and too much overhead for what's coming in, right. you're in the red. It doesn't yeah. like, it doesn't matter. Okay. Mm -hmm. At whatever level that you have too much going on. Okay. And entrepreneurs, I mean, when I tell this story, everybody in the room just sort of nods their head like, yeah. because we love our projects and we love our product lines and we love, you know, our service offerings and we like getting new clients and everything. And, and the, the fact is, is that, well, well, so, so let me, let me finish the story. So February, it's finally May. Uh, Brian's right. We have to do something about this. Well, by May, a problem, which was a bad problem was now a worse problem. Right. Sure. And then when you start cutting stuff, yeah. you don't stop paying for it. No, I don't. <laughs> right. If you lay off an employee, they might be entitled to two or three months worth of severance. You are now running your business, paying that person while they are not there. Yep. There's all, okay. So what I, what I experienced was about six or seven months of not fun. Okay. Mm. And literally every three days we had a, so what are we going to trim this week? meeting right because you you have to cut with a scalpel when when like you don't want to like you you spent two years training an employee to do a certain thing you don't just want to get rid of them right 
And so, but I had to completely switch my mentality to subtraction, 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 subtraction. And at the end of this process, all of a sudden it was like, I had way less ballast on the ship and the thing was easier to turn and it was easier to float and it was more maneuverable and I had less stuff on my shoulders and it was, and it, it was, my load was lighter. So, so you, you cut on the expense side of things, but did you also cut on the product line side of yes. things as well? Yeah. Because one of the things that most people don't know is that there is this uh, little rule that Lynn Bertain came up with. And it is, it's true about 98% of the time for almost anybody. It's called the 20-120 rule. And it says that 20% of your business generates 120% of your profits. Okay, and then the bottom 20% of your business loses money and pulls your 120% that you would have made down to the 100% that you did make. Ah, uh, right, yeah, yeah. Okay, now, this is almost universally true. So it is almost a dead certainty that a percentage of your clients are losing money. A percentage of your products are losing money. You are taping dollar bills to some of the shipments that go out every day. Some of your employees are losing you money. Some of your vendors are losing you money. And the best thing you can do is fire a client. So for example, I gave a keynote speech at a certified public accountant. Uh, organization. Yep. And so I got all these people and they mostly do taxes and stuff. And I go, so I got a question for you. How many of you tax preparation people, you have that client and he's paying you like 300 bucks to do a tax return. And he gives you six shoe boxes full of completely disheveled receipts and uh, 117 emails and like, and you're consumed in all this complexity, just like doing this person's taxes for $300. Like how many of you, and like all of the hands go up. I said, do you guys realize there is no law of the universe that says you have to keep this client? I said, I keynote speaker, best-selling author, I give you permission <laughs> to send them a letter and say, hello, it's the holidays and it's the new year and we have um, reviewed all of our accounts and we're changing directions and unfortunately, we just won't be able to service your account. We'll be happy to transfer your information over to another CPA firm, okay? Yep. And everybody needs to do this. And so when we went through this process, we cut our staff, we cut our vendors, we cut our product line, we cut our clients, like we don't need, why are we selling this? Okay. And usually a little bit of it is obvious and everybody's known it. I, I talked to a, a, had a podcast interview just the other day. And the guy said, he says, yes, once a year, my staff and I have a meeting and we decide what client we're going to get rid of. Yeah. And usually at the end of the meeting, everybody's like, yay, let's have pizza. <laughs> right. 
And he, he said last year it was a million dollar client. He goes, it was Whoa. painful. I bet. But he said, this client was killing us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and so and so this this mentality of how to excel by elimination is really central because 80-20 is is more about what you don't do then it's about what you do do. It's about what you stop doing before it's what you start doing. And most of us are just carrying all of this stuff. So that's why I wrote Detox, Declutter, Dominate. I love that story. And I'm sure everybody listening will be able to identify it. Um, it we're, we're having some, uh, and it's been going on for some time, some work's done at home and uh, some remodeling work and uh, a new kitchen. And we put stuff out in boxes while we're having this work done and we're bracing my wife and I were having a conversation at the weekend and we have to go through those boxes we're not going to just bring them all back in and put them into the new you know the new kitchen and um whilst we're not looking forward to the activity um I just know that the result would be better if we do it rather than just putting all the old stuff into the, a, new, a new cupboard Right. That's right. Um, we, we don't need as much stuff as we have. And so, and really, so it's in it, this isn't just about like having a round of chopping and cutting. It, it is also a, a central business philosophy because for example, so uh, right here on the back of the book, this is a 36 page book. This is probably not like any book most of your listeners have, have ever read. So I I've taken 20 years of the absolute critical, most important things that I have ever learned in business. I've crunched it down to 36 pages with graphics. So, so another part of the story is that. is that is that a year ago, this was a 50,000 word, 150 page book. And I had, I had been slaving over it for months. And I have a partner named Rob Scrove. Actually, it's a vendor. Um, and he helps us with our memberships. And he said, Perry, send me your book. I want to take a look at it. And uh, I sent it to him. And a few weeks later, he sends it back and he goes, so Perry, I 80, 20 your book. It's 8,000 words now. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah. Like I cut out all of the unnecessary stuff. Uh, okay. And, and he, he had, he had chiseled it down to just the absolute most important stories. And he said, give me a few weeks and let, let me do something else. And he took all of the concepts and he put them in graphical format, like almost like infographics wow. um, to, to illustrate the, the different points. And so what this is, is it's 36 pages of saying, these are the seven things that you need to, that, that will make your business work. And these, and a, these are the seven things, whether you're making $10,000 a year or $10 million a year, it's the same seven things. And whether it's the year 2020 or the year 2050, it's the same seven things. And so they're all on the back. One, okay. two, three, four, five, six, seven. Now, one, one of them is probably the most sub, subtraction oriented thing other than, well, other than what I got done telling you, that's the one part of subtraction. But the most subtractive business strategy is create an irresistible product that's a joy to use by simplifying. Now, 
it is really easy to point out how mega successful uh, modern corporations have done this, like Tesla has simplified with a self-driving car, right? Mm -hmm. And Airbnb has simplified by doing what they do. And everybody understands that. And I, yes, I am talking about that, but small companies can do this too. And here's an example. I've got a client named Mark McShirley. In fact, his story is at the end of the book. He has a, co a company called Roof Simple. Mm -hmm. okay. They fix roofs. Okay, that, that is what they do. It is as, as pedestrian as that, right? But Mark meticulously looked at what are all of the things that happen between before the first phone call or Zoom or, or customer visit all the way to all of the steps to getting the check and having the customer write you a five-star Google review. If it's picking up nails out of the yard, right? If it's guys tracking dirt into your bathroom, everything. He said, this is way too complicated, including, you know, the roofing industry. I don't know what it's like in Wales, but in the United States, you know, we had a lot of really dysfunctional industries with a lot of bad habits, oh, yeah. right? Okay. And yeah, yeah. the roofing industry is full of, there's all these guys that they kind of, they, they never really tell people the truth and, and they're, they do storm chasing, which is, you know, there's a storm somewhere and then all these people descend on the town and they get the insurance money. And they've, it's just this incestuous bad practices. Mark went after everything. And what he said, it was kind of like this. It was kind of like, how many steps are there that the customer has to deal with in order to get a roof? And the number was like 187. Wow. Well, think about it. Hmm. You're, you're remodeling your kitchen. Yeah, yeah. How <laughs> many actual, like, oh. it's not like you click on a shopping cart, add kitchen, and then like. <laughs> Absolutely not. No. And then like two weeks later, ah, like the reveal, like those yeah. homes, right? It's not. Yeah. Yeah, that right? right it's just constant like all of these okay and he's like you know look i don't think we can make roofing as simple as add to cart tesla but i bet we could knock the 187 steps down to 87 or 47 and that's what he did including he hires a completely different kind of person to sell the roof than everybody else in the roofing industry does. They they get other guys that have already been selling roofs. He's like, that's like hiring people with a disease because the whole industry has taught them all this stuff. No, I'm going to go get college grads who like have a wife and a baby at home and I'm going to hire them, right? Like clean cut, you know, they have not been corrupt, like all of this. So what's the punchline? The punchline is, Five years ago, his revenue was $600,000 a year. <clears throat> his revenue is now over $10 million. Whoa. He is in the Washington, D.C. area. 
And he's got 300 Google reviews, 4.8 stars. Wow. He designed his entire business to get five-star Google reviews. And every simplification of the entire process was done with that in mind because that was the most honest proxy that he had for, are we doing a good job? He even, for example, to give you, he puts a concierge on site whose main job is just to make sure that everything is perfectly clearly communicated with the customer and the customer is always happy with what's going on. Okay. And that there aren't like shingles falling into the doghouse and like whatever. Okay. Rough thing. Now, if Mark can do this in roofing, simplifying, we call it proposition simplifying. A, it gives you the ability to charge more than everybody else for what you do, mm-hmm. and to be thankful for it, for you to make good profit margin. Okay. And B, there isn't any industry where this can't be done. Sure. If it can be done in roofs, like I bet right now you're wishing some kitchen remodeling contractor would do this. Uh, uh, for sure. <laughs> with a, I would think on-site concierge. Wow, that would have made our life of the last four or five months a lot better. <laughs> right, right. And so, and so it's actually about subtraction. How can you subtract complexity from the customer experience? Hey, Gavin here. I want to get to know you. You're part of my community now. If you are serious about significant growth over the next two to three years, whether organically or through acquisition, let's jump on a call. Let me understand you and your business that much more so that I can come up with some suggestions that you can get on with implementing right now. Go to bit.ly forward slash call with Gavin. That's bit.ly forward slash call with Gavin. So, you talk about seven steps. So take us through the seven steps. Okay, so first step is use Renaissance time to gain discernment and clarity. This one is about how you start your day. Most people start their day completely wrong. Let me tell you, I'll show you, I'll show you. Here, here's the worst way to start your day. Ring, 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 ring. Div- device in bed. Mm-hmm. Scrolling through emails and Facebook. That is the worst possible way to start your day. Because literally, before you have even waken up, you are reacting and you are ingesting other people's stress. Okay? So if it's the news, well, that's the worst. Okay? Sure. Or if it's Facebook, then it's everybody arguing and showing their cat pictures right? Or if it's email, then it's your clients and your vendors and your employees and everybody dragging you into putting out fires and drama before you've even gotten out of bed. So my rule is none of that, none of it. Get a shower, cup of coffee, sit down and get a notebook. Yep. You're going to spend at least 20 minutes getting yourself sorted out. I had a dream. I'm going to write it down, see if I can figure out what that's about. All right. I had a great idea in the shower. Uh, 
boy, you know, last night we had a really nice dinner. I'm thankful for that. You pray, you meditate, you plan your day, you figure out what's going on. I did this before the podcast today. It's like, all right, what do I need to talk to Gavin about? Right. And then you, you start your day and then, well, this, then this gets actually into, into step two. Okay. Step two is make your business two times more profitable with 80, 20 focus. What you should, the first thing you should do every day when you're done with your Renaissance time, which I say should at least be 20 minutes, you let, and let me stick, stay on this topic for a second. Most people think at some lizard brain level, most of us think work is looking busy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And it's really easy to look busy. And especially if you have a computer in front of you, who could even tell? Absolutely. How would anybody else know which of those emails is more important or whatever, right? Or if, okay, so you are entitled to at least 20 minutes of no, no distractions, clear, think about it, meditate on it, decide what is actually important, okay? And like work on your spiritual connection, read something inspirational, and nobody gets, nobody gets to intrude on that, okay? And then... When you start your day, you start by going, what is the biggest 80-20 lever that I can work on right now? Not put out a fire right now, but actually move my business forward. Now, 80-20, you, you uh, held up my 80-20 book a little earlier. 80-20 is the most powerful lever of productivity ever. Yeah. Because 80-20 is it's like gravity or a law of physics that says it is always 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 true that 80 percent of what you get comes from 20 percent of what you do mm. which means that 80 percent of what you do is only getting you 20 percent of what you get and you probably shouldn't be doing half of it mm. at all and then there's an 80 20 inside every 80 20 and so you start multiplying it out. It turns out that 1% of what you do produces 50% of what you get. What, so we're getting the end of 2020 here. This year, half your income came from stuff that you did in three days. Whoa. What, now, what, now, the three days might have been like scattered around throughout the year in these little hot spots. But, okay, I closed a certain deal. We introduced a certain product line. We changed the service offering. We, we pivoted in COVID and we, oh, we got this whole new thing going on. It's kind of exciting, whatever it is. You did it in a very short period of time. And, the, and most of the rest of the year was filler. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, now, only people on straight commission or who like entrepreneurs can clearly see this. Helen, who works at a dentist office and gets paid $15 an hour, doesn't usually see this at all. But it's just as true for her as it is for anybody else. Okay, so you, you don't, so 
let's say that you start your Renaissance time at 7.30 in the morning and then you hit the ground at eight, you don't get in your email box at eight. You figure out what is the most important project I'm working on and how can I move this thing forward? And you spend the next hour or two doing that. Yeah, yeah. The big and rock. Then, okay, then this is what I do. I do my emails at 1130. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I don't know about you, but most people, your best, like your clearest thinking, your best, highest productivity is usually between like eight and 10 or 11 in the morning. Yeah. And that's when you're going to get your best stuff done. And then you get into the afternoon, your mind isn't as sharp. Well, there's tons of stuff you can do in your sleep. You could answer emails in your sleep. You could take most customer phone calls in your sleep, but people clutter their high, most highly productive time with all these low value activities. And that's what step three is about. Earn a thousand dollars an hour, one hour a day. Yeah. Now, most people think, oh, that's impossible. Let me prove to you it's possible. I prove it, prove it. So Helen, who works at the dentist office making $15 an hour, okay? And most of the time she's like doing her nails, right? Most of the time she's on Facebook, but phone rings. Somebody needs $5,000 of dental work. She goes, Wooddale Dental, can you hold please? And she puts them on hold. And then they listen to music for two minutes. And then she picks it up again hi, can I help you? And they're gone. Yeah, yeah. Helen lost $5,000 of business in two minutes. Okay. Now, how much is that per hour? Um, I can't do the math in my head. It's like 50 or $100,000 an hour. I, okay. Helen lost... $50,000 an hour, putting somebody on hold. So anytime, okay, the dentist, the office manager, Helen, the other people, you know, the, the dental assistants, any time that that staff spends fixing the broken system and making sure that none of those people are ever gonna be put on hold and they're not gonna be transferred to the wrong person, and we're not going to lose them. That is thousand dollar an hour work. Because we don't make a thousand dollars an hour for a whole hour, not at first. We make a thousand dollars an hour or ten thousand dollars an hour for a few minutes at a time here and there. And you start by figuring this out and recognizing it. And so there's actually a chart in the book, $10 an hour work, $100 an hour work, $1,000, $10,000 an hour work. You look at that and you're like, yeah, that's right. That stuff is $10,000 an hour work, but nobody's treating it that way. So yes, even Helen who makes $15 an hour is does ten thousand dollar an hour work? Yeah, yeah. Not never mind the dentist, right? If you're the dentist, like that's a whole nother ball game, right? Sure. 
So we talked about step four, simplifying. Step five, carve out the niche where you are the undisputed number one via star principle. Now, this is a huge one. Most people are habitually slogging it out. They think this is what you're supposed to do in business. They think that whatever you do, whether you sell pizza or flowers or internet marketing, consulting or whatever, people sort of think that you're, we're just all sort of destined to duke it out with five or six other competitors. And most of the time we come in at number three, number four, number five, number six, and occasionally we might get a win and that's just how life is. You know what? You pretty much shouldn't do anything where you can't be number one. And that means subdividing what you do down to, like, if you do Facebook advertising for clients for a living, well, there's only about 100,000 other people who do that. Sure, yeah. Okay. However, well, here, here, this is my story. This is before Facebook advertising, but it was the same idea. You know, I was doing online direct marketing you know, back in the early 2000s, you know, kind of like lots of people did. But you know what? I niched it down. I did it for industrial networking companies because I had worked in the industrial networking niche. And I was the only person in that tiny little pond who was actually doing that and knew what they were doing. Right, got it. Okay, and and. Star principle is an idea that I got from Richard Koch and he, he didn't invent it. He got it from Boston consulting group who came up with it 50 years ago, but it says all the money is made by the number one player in a growing market and everybody else is just eating the table scraps. Sure. And when, when, when he said that I suddenly realized that every career win I had ever had, whether I realized it at the time or not, I was number one in a growing market. It usually meant I was a big fish in a little teeny tiny pond. Okay, and, and you need to rethink your entire business to where you are the number one player, the number one player doing what you're doing, which means you need to be doing less of what you're doing, not more. Do you realize that as soon as that tax preparer gets rid of their 10 worst clients who all give them shoe boxes of disorganized receipts and 117 emails, as soon as she gets rid of those people, she's making more money and working two hours a day less. And there's no obligation to look busy. Just make money. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right? So that's, that's five of the seven right there. So let's come back to you for a bit before I finish. The steps make absolute sense. Helping an individual sort out the wheat from the chaff, being able to say, for example, don't do anything unless you're the star, even the star principles, you're your number one in your micro niche. How do you help clients how do you help entrepreneurs identify out of the range of different things what they need to cut and then what actually would be their number one so we have a 
a little tool on our website. If you go to starprinciple.com, it'll just redirect to this handy little tool. And you can take what you can take any part of your business as well as the whole entire business. And, and you just answer about 12 questions and press submit and it'll give you a score. And, and so you, you say, well, what's my score if I'm selling to dentists? What's my score if I'm selling to chiropractors? What's my score if I, I'm selling to veterinarians, right? Like whatever it is that you do. What's my score when we're selling this product? What's my score when we sell this product? And everyone is going to give you a different score. And it's, it's basically asking you the questions that point you in the direction of where is the growing market? Where is the market growing the most? Where is the most unmet need? Where is nobody else addressing a need in the marketplace where you can step in and identify yourself as, hey, I do that. And then all of a sudden, everything's much easier. What most people don't realize is that when there's an existing marketplace and there's a number one and a number two and a number three and a number four, usually that ranking one, two, three, who's four, five, six, doesn't really change very much in something, unless something big and disruptive happens. It just doesn't change very much. If there is almost nothing that Pepsi can do to be number one, like Coke. Coke's one, Pepsi's two, probably 7-Up is number three. And nothing, all the advertising and strategizing in the world isn't really going to change it. Sure. Okay. And, and so if you, you don't want to be, if you can't be 7-Up, be Dr. Pepper. Or if you can't be Dr. Pepper, be an energy drink. Yeah, but yeah. don't try to be Coke. Yeah, yeah. Okay, now, and as this seems kind of simple, but it is so profound. And this is why it's like literally one of the seven most important things in business. It's like, if you spend your renaissance time in the morning, if you spend five minutes every single day going, how can I adjust this business to where most of the clients we're serving, we are the only one, we are the number one, and we are doing some, something that nobody else is doing. Well, you'll probably have 25% profit margins. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah. this is so incredibly powerful and it's true. It's true in macro Coca-Cola level questions. It's also true in tiny, narrow little niches where, you know, you're the keyword on Google and some obscure phrase that people are, it doesn't matter at every scale. This is true. And you often don't see that discipline of focused thought taking place even quarterly, possibly even annually, never mind daily. Right. If you do a little bit of this every day, it'll take so much stuff off your plate. You'll be like, why am I doing that? I don't have to do this. I don't have to do that. And what you'll find is that you start to have more space and more space to think. Um, not long after that whole summer of cutting, 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 cutting that I told you about, I suddenly got it. It was like, hey, wait a minute, Perry. It's not about adding more and more stuff, piling more stuff on. It's actually about taking things away. We did a program and it was called 30 Day Reboot. And we offer it every now and then. You can get on our waiting list uh, for, for whenever next time we do it. And every day for 30 days, it was like, 
okay, you are going to fire a customer today. Go do it, right? And then like the next day, it's like, you're going to unsubscribe from all these emails today, or you're going to, and, and we would, every day, people were cutting something. The testimonials in the rave reviews that we got at the end of the 30 days were unlike anything I had done in 10 years. People were like, really? oh my word, I can't believe how caught up I was in the matrix. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They would talk about the Matrix movie. In fact, it was yeah. like over and over. They would, it was like I was in the Matrix and I didn't even know it. I just yanked myself out. Yeah. I breathe. You, you know that there's a scene in the Matrix where the guy, like everybody has a little connector in the back of their That's head. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. There's this one guy who's like, no, a pure born and bred baby. Like I'm a natural born human being. It was like that. Like, what would it be like to go back to being a natural human being again? Yeah. yeah. What would that be like? Oh, refreshing. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Totally. So um, I cannot tell you how transformative this is. And we, we described the process in 36 pages. Like, you can read the whole book in about a half an hour, and you can refer to it every day for the rest of your life. Because you don't need 117 visits. And I love that. This uh, speaks to two facts. I think there's real genius in simplification. And so you've done that in 36 pages. And also, uh, is it something like only 10% of all business books get read? Well, somebody's going to go through a graphical representation of 36 pages till they get the points. Yes. Yeah. So although it's, um, you shedding no doubt a tear after those months and months of slaving away writing your 50,000 words, you've actually got a product that will probably get embedded and remembered and used a lot more. That's so right. Finally, the last two steps then, six and seven. Okay, number six, build an impenetrable moat around your business. So I have seen thousands and thousands of businesses get started. I wrote the book on Google ads. I, I don't think I don't think anything has created more new businesses than Google ads and Facebook ads. So that's great. But you know what? If six months later, they're in the garbage heap or 12 months later, all these competitors have come up and eaten everything up. Who cares? Mm -hmm. I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in businesses that last and businesses don't last unless you have a moat. Yeah. And so in there's there's two kinds of moats there are old school 20th century moats like factories and land and buildings and capital and all of that okay 21st century moats are for example uber gets more riders which gets more drivers which lowers the wait time which gets more riders which gets more drivers which lowers the wait time and, and you get this virtuous circle. Well, rinse, repeat on that for a few years. Is there any new taxi company that even has a chance? Considering most places, most cities, you can get an Uber to show up in five minutes. That is called network effect. Now, Earlier, I was talking about Tesla and Airbnb, and all of these companies run on network effects. But what most people don't realize is there's this thing, and I call it network effect for mere mortals. There are, there are moats that work like this. They become these virtuous circles where 
once they get going, it's actually very hard to compete with you. And you don't need venture capital or angel capital or anything like that in order to make it work. You just need elbow grease. And I list about 12 of them in the book. One of them is reviews. If you're in Washington, D.C., and Roofing Guy A has six reviews and four stars, Roofing Guy B has 300 reviews and 4.8 stars, which one are you going to call first? The guy with all the reviews, no doubt about it. Social proof is uh, inarguable there. No, there isn't any... There isn't any reason why a small business with no venture capital Good point. Yeah, yeah. can't get reviews, but you have to design your business to get them. So there's about a dozen of these in the book and we go through them line by line. And, and, and I'll move on to step seven. Step seven is enjoy freedom to create and reinvent every single day. Now, that sounds like a cherry on top. It's actually a strategy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now it is true that if you do the other six steps, you're going to get the cherry on top and it's really great and it's fun. And it's one of the reasons you should do it because I don't know about you, but I hope you're not just on this earth to run in a squirrel cage as fast as you can until you die of a heart attack. Okay. But it's also a strategy and here's why. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're, if you're the kind of entrepreneur you should be, you think for a living. You don't type on a keyboard for a living. Mm-hmm. You don't shovel ditches for a living. You don't drywall bathrooms and kitchens for a living. Like whatever you do. Like there's two levels of doing it, okay? You, if, you're, if you're a kitchen remodeling contractor, you could define yourself as a guy who swings a hammer, you could define yourself, right? If you're a, if you do Facebook ads for clients, you could define yourself as a girl who, or a guy who types on a keyboard and just moves pixels around, but those jobs don't pay very good no, no. because there's somebody in the Philippines that could do that. There's somebody in Ukraine who could do that. Yeah. The high paid work is the thinking work. Okay, I do Facebook ads for clients. What is really going to make people, really, how do I get these, like about three out or four of these seven things, how do I get these going for my clients? You're gonna have to think about it. Now, if you've started your day with CNN, Facebook and an email box in your bed, and then you rush off putting out fires and then, you know, you get a hit of Facebook every 30 minutes to clog up your mind even more. And then you just, well, you know, I just type on keyboards and look busy. You're not thinking. Now my best, you tell me, tell me if you can identify with this. I get my best ideas business or otherwise, when I'm listening to music, riding my bike, out taking a walk, pushing my kid on a swing, cooking dinner, uh, enjoying time with friends, going to a mastermind meeting, going to a seminar, 
reading a book about some interesting topic that has nothing to do with business. Gavin? Oh, me too. Absolutely. Absolutely. You need to make time to do stuff like that. And it's actually fun. It seems so counterintuitive to many, though, doesn't it? That uh, time off doing those other things that give you the creative and the best ideas are actually really good productive time. Yes. And so you need to engineer space. Mm. And you and also entrepreneurs work hard. All the ones I know do. Yeah, for sure. If you work hard, you need to play hard. Yep. If if you like most most of my clients, they love what they do. Like they don't want to sit around and watch Netflix. They got more interesting stuff to do. They're workaholics. They're obsessed with, okay. If, if that's you, what you do for fun needs to be so much fun that it drags your attention yeah. away. You do yeah. not think about your business. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So maybe it's going skiing or maybe yeah. it's hiking or. For me, it's, it's sailing. You know, for me, it's getting on the water and sailing. Yeah. Surfboarding. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Or, you know, riding a motorcycle on a mountain road or whatever, okay? That's the only way that you can get all of that business stuff to go back into your subconscious where it can get worked on in the background. Mm -hmm. Like while you're paying attention to other stuff. I've had some of my like million dollar ideas while I was 1.30 in the morning building stereo equipment. Amazing. Or or hiking you know, like on a you know in Ireland a hiking somewhere or yeah or yeah 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 and and see when you do that it it gets your life back into balance and I had to explicitly deliberately give myself permission to do this I I had a I had a meeting with one of my clients about a month ago she was at our roundtable meeting. I said, Shannon, you must plan a vacation and take your vacation before we have our next meeting. And I'm going to, like, I am going, she's like, okay, Perry. (laughs) Then a week later, I'm like, Shannon, did you? Yes, I did. I planned a vacation. We're going away for a week. We're going on a cruise with this other couple. Okay, that's more like it. And so that that is step seven. And of all the, like, look, there's a million, like, things that you're supposed to do in business. This made the seven. This made, this is number seven. Love it. And it reminds me of uh, Covey's Seven Habits, Sharpen the Saw. It's the same thing. It's the power of it. And yet so many of us uh, hustle, hustle, hustle. And there seems to be uh, some points that some would see as a, you know, a, a badge of honor, the more you hustle and the harder you work and more hours you put it in. Bingo, bingo, bingo. Badge, you said it. That's like, you get the gold star for the day. People think that a certain level of obligation and misery is a badge of honor. Mm-hmm. Now I have, worked with every kind of client that you can imagine in 300 industries. I, I have clients who are, they've gone from zero to hundreds of millions of dollars. The most prolific productive clients I know have a 
definite place for play in their life. Love that. They do interesting things that are not work. Love that. What a strong note to end. So if anybody wants to um, grab themselves a copy of your book, Detox, Declutter, Dominate, How to Excel by Elimination, how do they do that? Amazon in the US, it's nine bucks. I don't know what it is, seven or eight pounds in the UK, wherever you are, you, you can buy this book on Amazon and uh, it's 36 pages. It'll totally change your life. I had a, an attorney who's in his 60s. He's one of the most sharpest business people I know. His name is Bill Hammond. He said, this is the single best business book I have ever read. Brilliant. So, love that. You're Yeah, Yep, uh, to dominate. So Perry Marshall, thank you so much for your time today. I'm jumping onto Amazon to get it myself. And uh, I just, I'll repeat the, my same observation that if most business books don't ever get read from cover to cover, that book, not only is it going to get read, but it's going to get implemented, which is the purpose of why any author would write a business book anyway, is for the implementation. So yes, it's been a real privilege. And uh, thank you for coming on to the Business Mastermind podcast. Thank you, Gavin. Take care. Hey, Gavin here. I want to get to know you. You're part of my community now. If you are serious about significant growth, over the next two to three years, whether organically or through acquisition. Let's jump on a call. Let me understand you and your business that much more so that I can come up with some suggestions that you can get on with implementing right now. Go to bit.ly forward slash call with Gavin. That's bit.ly forward slash call with Gavin. You've been listening to the Business Mastermind Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate and review so that more people like you can get their business back on their own terms, enjoy more success and create more impact.